Well, guys, I knew this day would come. It finally happened. TikTok banned my original TikTok account. I know a lot of you guys followed me from TikTok. So if you haven't seen a TikTok from me in quite a while, that's why. You can now follow me on my new TikTok account, at ComeOnManPod. That's all one word, at ComeOnManPod. Please follow me. Help me rebuild. I was at almost 30,000 followers when they kicked me off their platform. So come on, follow me back. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Come On, Man a 3% man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man just like you. If you're new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another awesome week of Come On, Man! If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel. Also, hit those notifications, like, fave, all that stuff. Leave comments. And if you are listening on your favorite audio podcast platform of a choice and they give you the option to review, you know, like they do on Apple, please give us a five-star review. Also, leave a, a couple of comments talking about why you like the podcast. It helps more than you know. All right, this week, we have a really great episode. My 3% brother from Louisiana, Matt Sandifer, a divorce attorney, came back on. He was on the podcast last year sometime. He was uh, one of my first guests, actually. And at that time, you know, we dabbled a little bit on the legal stuff, but for the most part, we were talking about his 3% journey. But this time, he's back to give us nothing that should be construed as legal advice. <laughs> we have to say that. Anyways, we talk about all sorts of stuff, you know, because this comes up a lot in the TikToks, you know, where I, like I tell guys, get a prenup all the time. And then I have guys in the comments saying prenups don't work. You know, judges throw out prenups all the time. So I was like, you know what? Let me get mad on because he's an attorney. Let's see what he has to say about it. Uh, so we talk about prenups. We talk about trusts, how men can protect themselves. And, you know, how guys can potentially, you know, reduce the, the amount of child support that they have to pay, tactics and stuff like that. Uh, it's a pretty good episode. Pretty good episode. I highly recommend it, especially if you guys are having any kind of questions about whether you should get married or, you know, you're thinking about getting divorced. Like some of the things that you got to think about. Really good stuff. Also, we give you uh, Matt's contact information if you live in the Louisiana area and you're looking for a solid divorce attorney. So I'll bring you that conversation right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, 
and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You'll never believe what Duke Cannon did. In fact, I thought if I told you guys about it, you might revoke my man card. But then it hit me. This could be awesome for all of us. Duke Cannon has released a new basic-ass pumpkin spice latte-scented bar of soap. Now hear me out here. This thing is guaranteed to bring all the basic white girls to the yard. Hell, they may even show up wearing nothing but their Ugg boots. To get yours, visit duke.comeonmanpod.com or click the link in the show notes and you'll get free shipping. Using this link tells them I sent you, so you help me out, and you get free shipping in return. So it's win-win. That's duke.comeonmanpod.com or use the link in the show notes. It's pumpkin spice season, so use it to your advantage, men. All right, coming back for another visit to the podcast to give us absolutely nothing that should be construed as legal advice <laughs> is our very own 3% family law attorney from Louisiana, Matt Sandifer. How's it going? How's it going? Going good, dude. How are howdy, you? Howdy. How are you been up to, man? I'm, I'm wonderful. Wonderful. You know, uh, child support, uh, child custody, had a trial Monday. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, we got like an interim, what they call like an interim judgment. That just basically means it's like a um, in between, right? So we got to come back for the second part of the trial next month, mm-hmm. but it's already been swayed in our favor. Hey, you know, uh, the, just like uh, Coach Corey Wayne, you know, the facts are the facts, you know? So uh, it's one of the things that I like about law is it's, you know, it is what it is. Like you and I could go outside right now and we could, we could argue about stuff, but it, you know, if the sky's blue, it's blue. Right. Yeah. I could, you know, I could sit there and say it's green, but then the day it's blue. You, so, you know, that's, that's a good point though. Cause I know there's going to be people that are listening. Yeah. I, I get the, I get the negative Nancy's in the comments of oh, my, yeah. my yeah. TikTok videos all the time. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah. Bring of- them at me, bring them at me. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> Like I, I saw like uh, I posted one day on uh, Facebook. Yeah. Right. Like I, I put up a video about like how you should like in like custody, child support, all that stuff. You should try to work with the other party. Right. Whether you, you know, y'all are kind of on the opposite end of the issue. Yeah. You should always kind of go in with the, uh, the branch of peace. Now, if they slap your hand out of the way, cool. But at least you always kind of go into that, whether you're represented, you're unrepresented, you always want to do that, right? So you could always take it in front of the judge. And then when you show, you show the judge, hey, judge, this is what I'm offering. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to resolve it. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot if they do that. And that's what people don't realize. Like uh, they had one guy who's like, well, that's easy for you to say, uh, yeah, my, my situation was different. Like, like, come on. Okay. I deal with, look, I've dealt with uh, children that are both like physically abused, unfortunately, you know, sexually abused. I've dealt with uh, wife beaters. I've dealt, I've dealt with it all. Yeah. I've dealt with cheating spouses. I've done it all. Right. So like your situation and, you know, your wife taking her port, her marital portion, like that, uh, you know, like, Get smallest violin here, right? Smallest violin, violin for you. Like I, y- y- you know. You see, I'm I'm a little hurt by that. I'm a little hurt that you say that because no, uh, no, I, I care. <laughs> I do care. I legitimately, I no. really do care. It's just like, um, but like you said, the law is the law. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think there's like a big misconception, like one of them that I see a lot, especially like, uh, like going into this is uh community property. Right. So we we're kind of talking last, last time on like the division of assets and how, you know, the prenuptial agreement comes into play. And, you know, I know they, they had some people that are saying, well, yeah, it could be, you know, a prenup could be invalidated. Yeah. A prenup could actually, it's, it's, it's a contract like any, anything else. So like here in Louisiana, you got to get, you got to get a notarized, you got to have witnesses. Mm. Uh, you can't have been coerced. Like I can't hold a gun to your head. Now see, um, I just want to stop you right there. Cause that's the biggest thing that a lot of people say in the comment section is that judges will throw it out because women will say I was coerced into this or, you know, he wouldn't marry me unless I did this. And, um, I've had people say that if she doesn't have her own attorney uh, present to represent her, that they can throw it out because it'll make it look like you know, she wasn't properly represented. I, and so I just wanted to. It's it's going to kind of depend where you're at. Like I could tell you here in Louisiana, it, it and we're kind of like, I love, I love our state, but we're kind of like a backward state on certain stuff. And we haven't caught up like a lot of these other states, but uh, speaking from my perspective where I'm at, yeah. down here. Um, the big things that they're going to look for are things that you're going to kind of, um, that go against public policy, right? Like if it's forcing you to kind of, um, if it's just like, how do I put this? If it's drastically unfair, like, right. Like okay. if it says like, it's not working out between us and in that case in the prenup, I have to pay you like $60,000. Believe it or not, I've seen that happen. Right. Mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. They're going to probably invalidate it. They'll invalidate it on the format, like the big ones, the formality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, if they come in and they try to say, well, you know, uh, they, he wouldn't marry me. You still entered into a contract under your own free will. It doesn't matter if you had a, if you had an attorney there, you didn't have an attorney here. It's That's your own fault. Like, it's I'm sorry. Contract, like you right? should have gotten, you should have gotten an attorney to look at that. Um, because but that being said, it doesn't yeah. you gotta think of it like this. It's it works kind of like if if you're buying a home, right? Think of uh think of getting married like buying a home. You could either rent, right? You have the choice of you know kind of hopping from place to place, mm-hmm. you know, kind of being like the you know, the ladies' man, if you will, or you could you could settle down and have that nice house. Does that mean one's better than the other one? Not really. Like it just depends on what you want out of life, right? Sure. So with that consideration, you got to think of the prenup as almost getting like a home warranty. Like you're buying a house, but you have a uh, you have a home warranty. So if something breaks, like the AC goes out, or I don't know, there's something wrong with the the the, the, the wiring in the house, it's covered, right? So that's that's the way you got to look at a prenup. So a lot of people, what they get confused is like the division of assets because it'll the big thing that it does is it keeps stuff separate, right? So yeah. whatever you bring into whatever you bring stays yours, right? It doesn't get commingled, right? So usually right. the way it works, they call it acquiescence and gains, right? So what does that mean? That just basically means in a nutshell, anything like the, the date of the marriage going forward until the divorce is finalized, the judge signs off on it, is considered community property. It doesn't matter if I put in 80%, the other party puts in 10%, you still split it 50-50. So, prenup, what, so, so, so anything gained during the marriage, prenup doesn't help with that? It, it can't. It'll keep it, it'll keep it separate. So, like, okay. so if you're putting in 20%, 
Yeah. Your 20% will stay your 20% and my 80% will stay my 80%. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah it'll stay separate. So if the issues where it kind of gets a little confusing is like, if you're buying like a house, we yeah. call it, you know, a movable property here in Louisiana, right? So you have movable, immovable, right? So movable could be like anything, anything you can pick up, move like, right. I got this phone, right? So I could pick up, move this from place to place. That's movable property. Immovable property would be consistent. Like you see the walls right here, everything yeah. on my walls, that's immovable. Well, that's technically like a component part of a movable property, but yeah. So it's just going to keep, that's where the issue is. You're still going to kind of divide it the same way. You'll mm -hmm. still probably do like you, you either have an option of where if it is considered community property, what most of the time, what you'll do is you'll have like a buyout, right? So if you go in, it's considered community property, you'll have one party buy out the other party or that you could formally file something and they call it a partition, right? So what you're doing is you're asking the court to take an invisible pair of scissors and you go in there, you force a sale on the property and then you both go your separate ways. You get like, if you have a $200,000 house, $300,000, whatever it is, you know, I get my hundred and whatever thousand dollars, you get your hundred, whatever thousand dollars and we, we move away. Right now, what a lot of people don't think about with the prenup is like, if you already buy your house, what you could have is you could have a situation to where you have a, uh, the other party could basically be recomprehensed for uh, providing services, whatever. So like, let's say you meet Mrs. Wright, you get married, you already have your house, right? That's your separate property, right? You own it outright. You don't have to force a sale. However, if she could show that she's providing any maintenance, she's doing upkeep, she's uh, mowing the grass, she's painting, she's putting stuff up and she's using her money to do that. She could get a, she could file like a re reimbursement claim for that. And then you would have to pay her back for the time, labor, whatever. Right. So that's usually how they, sometimes you'll see a lot of people get that back when it's separate property. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to think of it this way, right. With the separate versus community, mm -hmm. think of it this way. Cause a lot of people, another thing I get is a lot of people think, well, I'm going to set up a separate bank account. Right. So just because it's set up as a separate bank account, doesn't mean that it's separate property. Right. It's just sure. two different accounts. Think of it this way. I brought, I brought like a set of pins. See right here. I got these pins, right? Yeah. The, pretend this is all these pins are your money, right? Yeah. This is what I acquired during the marriage. So this right here is your marriage, right? This is all the stuff that we've gotten during the course of the marriage, right? So what I do is if I take this out of here, right? I'm taking it out, I'm taking all the, the pins out. Yeah. Now I could take these pins out. I could put them in two stacks. I could split them up into three stacks. It doesn't matter. They're still from the same source, right? Sure. So they're still community property, right? The only thing that's going to really affect is like if she's, I don't know, she tries to uh, to go in and just change everything on the accounts and start some funny business, right? So that's where it'll help you out. It's not going to make it separate property. It'll just make you have access to your money a little bit quicker. Now, I always, I always, uh, put out on TikToks that are in and on the podcast that I could get married yeah. again, but I wouldn't do it without a prenup or separate banking accounts. Now, the reason yeah. why I say separate banking accounts isn't because I'm, I think it's going to protect my assets. It's because it's going to protect me from fighting. 
absolutely. Because I feel like 100% because when I was when I was married, that was like our biggest fights were always financial. And it was because Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to buy something here and she wanted to spend that money over here. And so I would go and buy my thing and she'd get mad at me for buying whatever. So the way I look at it is, well, if I took that out of the equation where I have an account, she has an account, and then we have a joint community account for bills and stuff. As long as we're both you know, putting money into the bill pot and bills are getting paid, then it doesn't matter what I'm doing with my bank account here. And it doesn't matter what she's doing. She can go buy shoes and shit and go get her hair done. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I so think but, that's what more people should do that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't look at it like it's uh, some kind of asset protection. It's just a, it's a fight protection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 110%. 110%. But I I just say that because I think some people get that idea, right? So I'm going to put it in a separate account so it becomes separate property. Right. Um, That actually gets, believe it or not, uh, Louisiana, if you didn't know, has the longest bar exam in the country, right? So we have- I think you mentioned that in the last episode. Yeah. So we have like a full week, right? And one of the things that they always test almost every year, and they call it code one, is uh, in the division of property is it'll always be like husband, wife, uh, no prenup, right? Husband will bring in a separate portion of money, right? He like, he, he struck it big, right? He brought it into the marriage and he puts it in the, in the, in the checking account, right? And he doesn't touch it, right? And then wife tries to come after it. And they, they ask you how you divide it, right? So since they didn't have a prenup, like I said, you go back to like what's gained out of the marriage. And that also, by the way, goes to debts too. So a lot of people want to take just the good. Right. They don't think about like what I what I owe, right? So they just want to take the money, the good part. They don't want to take the bad part. But that being said, so you have this pot of money that's just sitting there. So that would be separate because you brought it into the marriage, right? However, what's not is what they'll get you on is the interest, right? So let's say that pot of money is just sitting in the bank account and oh. it's getting, I don't know, 3% interest a year. That 3% you gained on it of whatever is going to be community property and you would have to split it with them. Oh, okay. So there's, so that's, and that's without a prenup too. That, yeah, that, that's there's, without a prenup. There's still technically protected because they brought it into the marriage, as long as they can prove that they brought it into the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. oh, um, speaking of which, uh, bringing stuff into the marriage, another good one here in Louisiana, you got two exceptions to the community property rule, right? Oh, okay. Uh, the first one is settlements, right? So let's say you and wife are out doing something, right? You go out separately, you're riding your motorcycle, whatever. Somebody plows into you, you get, you know, and then, you know, it's just awful, right? You go to a hospital there, you're racked up in medical bills, but thankfully you get an awesome, just personal injury attorney. Right. And then they, they take care of that for you. So you get like a settlement, that settlement amount is going to be separate from your community property. That's one the first exemption, right? Mm-hmm. So any kind of settlement or anything from a, from a uh, legal action is going to be considered that. And then also we have a uh, second exemption for uh, inheritance, right? So if you inherited something like, you know, God forbid, you know, mom, dad, kick the bucket yeah. and they, they have, they leave something to you. That's, that's not considered a community. That's considered your separate assets. Interesting. So that's important to know too. Okay. Because I think most states kind of operate under that, that rule. 
they make it like they're they're so different and they're not they have like little tweaks to it like different formulas for stuff like the way they calculate child support maybe it's more favorable this way maybe it's more favorable that way uh alimony same thing but it's it's the general same concepts wherever you go from state to state even louisiana everybody says oh louisiana is so different you know civil versus common law it's it's really not we changed the name we got a couple of different yeah terms but it's it's the same thing still pretty simple there, there's some like minor differences in some of this stuff yeah. in different states like i i oh, yeah I, um i've heard that like so for instance colorado has a for alimony has a formula and it's uh yeah half half the amount of time of the marriage is how long you're supposed to pay based mm-hmm. on the formula so i was married for 14 years the statute said i would have had to pay her for seven we were able to neg- negotiate that down to five now, awesome. I've heard that California, their statute says it's you pay her alimony for life, like for the rest of her life. I, I yeah. don't know if you're familiar with California law, but that's what uh, I mean. I mean, I, I could say this. I learn new stuff every day, right? You're going to have, you have lawyers and they'll sit there and they'll pretend like, oh, yeah. And they'll just, you know, oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Like, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I learn something new every day. Nothing wrong. I learn something new every day. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I bring, bring stuff to my attention. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, I, I think that's awful, you know, because it, yeah. that's not that's not what alimony was really designed for. And we talked about the last episode. You know, it, it was sort of designed for women to be able to have a way to to support themselves until they found a new husband to take care of them. Yeah, it was it was a way kind of a way to prevent well it was one to uh, it was a way to uh, prevent you from kind of like falling on government assistance, right? So that was that was like a big a big push for that. But now like I said because you because you have equality and everything Final spousal support here in Louisiana is kind of going away. It's kind of dissipating. You got to be married for like decades mm. to get final support. And then usually that most of the time I've seen it, they don't even award it the full amount of time, like for life. Right. But statutorily here, if they were to award it for life, it terminates if they you know cohabitate, get married, you know, they meet somebody else, somebody else is supporting them. I think that's how uh, you're also prevented if you're if you're at fault when for marrying uh at the time of falling, which which means you cheat like if you're married to somebody else, right? Okay. And uh during the time of falling, you do something, right? So that could be adultery, that could be spousal abuse, right? I you know you hit your wife, uh that could be doing something messed up to the kids. That could be uh, incarceration of felony convictions, stuff like that. Like, you're not, yeah. If it's something that could grant you like an immediate divorce or something like that, yeah, you're looking at being preempted from getting it. Mm, okay. Yeah, because there, but there's states like I think Colorado is a what's it called a no fault state or something like that where yeah so no fault but yeah that's a that's a good that's yeah so no fault basically because Louisiana is also a no fault state so mm-hmm. what that means is in a nutshell when you're following the petition you don't have to put on there it's not a check on the box I'm divorcing them because I don't like them you know irreconcilable wow. differences all it means is I would like a divorce and you shouldn't have to explain it, which I, I agree with. Tell you I don't why. think it should be public record why your relationship didn't work out, right? Like, I think that's a great idea. However, yeah, you do put a reason 
if you're wanting it expedited, right? So there's certain instances where you can get that divorce expedited. And the only reason why you have to put that reason is because you have a hearing to determine that, right? So you go up in front of the judge. Usually it lasts about five, 10 minutes. I do them all the time. Yeah. Um, I'll show up to court, especially adultery, right? So it'll be like, um, other side's like, yeah, I admitted it. I cheated. Yeah. Um, then we, we have like maybe some pictures or something else. Just kind of like, just ask them a couple of questions. Five minutes goes by and then, uh, yeah, judge is like, yeah, uh, inner, uh, inner judgment of divorce, bam, right? Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, you could get an expedited divorce, but you're kind of, the, the, the state's kind of saying, hey, I want to know why I'm kind of having this expedited, right? They want to know the reason why they're having this push forward. They don't want to, they don't really care that it's being pushed forward. They just want to know why, right? So that's the only time you really need to list why. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. But other than that, you just separate and then just you just write it out. Got Divorces it. are actually really easy to do. The problem is a lot of attorneys they don't do them right, and so they could they, you could really mess them up if you don't if you don't do them right, right? So if you don't file this right, you don't file that right. You have certain forms you got to fill in, right? You got to you got to do like a checklist at the end. Make sure I filled this out, filled on this date. They were separate on this date. Uh, the other party was served on this date or they waive service. Like I've seen people, like I've had both sides come in there and instead of formally having like a police officer come out there and give you the paperwork and serve you, I've had, I've had it where the other side's like, Hey, look, I, I know this stuff's kind of embarrassing and you want people up in your business. You know, if you want to come in my office, I'll sign a waiver. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you know about it and I give them a certified copy. Right. And most of the time they do that. I've, I've done that. I had a couple this week actually, that were um, just not feeling it, right? They just weren't vibing. Did their divorce, did their custody, never had to touch court. We mm. even did child support. Didn't have to leave the office. We just sat here, worked it out. And most of the time, that's what they want. The judges, by the way, love that. Yeah. They love that. If you're trying to do that and then it comes back later on, something comes up and you have to modify something and they look at it and they see, oh, they try to work out themselves. The judge is going to work with you a lot more, right? It's called a, uh, they call it a stipulated judgment. It means that the both, both parties stipulated to it. It's not a, uh, what they call a considered, a considered decree. Considered is like the judge does it themselves. The judge is forcing it because the parties won't cooperate. Got so it. it's, that's I, I, why I say it's best. That's why I always push to work with the other side, right? At yeah. least get something. Like family law is like one of the few areas especially with custody, right? Custody is a big one. You could always go back. You could always modify. It's not like, oh, it's going to be this and then it's going to go forward, right? If something changes, you could always go back and you could always modify it. It's just, yeah, that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. Everybody's like, oh, I couldn't do family law. It's too much drama. I love it because like I, like I said, if your client doesn't get what they want, or what they think that they're entitled to, usually you could go back and find a way to, to get from point A to point B. Mm. And it's not that hard to do. Interesting. Yeah, well, going back to what you were saying about the, the judges prefer people working together, probably because they don't want to hear it. I would imagine, I would hate sitting oh, no. in a courtroom listening to people bitch and stuff like that. I had a uh, an ex-girlfriend that, you know, she had a custody battle with her ex-husband 
And like during her divorce, like he paraded in like 20 different character witnesses just to shit all over her. And I was like, why would the judge just allow this to continue? You know, like it's like we get the point. (laughs) Yeah, I um, friends don't like her. Like, okay, I see. I kind of see the point of some of that, but not to that degree. If there was like a trial. Right. But if there's not a trial and you're not even having a hearing. I mean, it might be good to have like one person there for emotional support. Like maybe there, there was like a contentious issue, right? Like I had, I had a guy that just like, he, he beat like the living crap out of my client. Like mm-hmm. she was a woman. Right. And um, so it was good for, for her to have like somebody there. Right. Cause you're facing this guy that just like, yeah, just like knocked the crap out of you, which by the way, that's one of my, that's one of the funnest things that I love doing. Is, is taking guys a, that just like beat their wives and yeah. just like running them through the ringer. Like I absolutely hate bullies. Oh, okay. So you like that. You like, you like, Oh, absolutely. A hundred two percent. Like if I find out that you're like, if you, you did something to your wife, yeah, that's like definitely not like a 3% man thing. That's just like, you know, very, you know, you're like a bully. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd be more than I will. Oh my God. I will just, I get so much joy out of that. Those are the cases I really like. It's satisfying. Oh my Um, God. Yeah. So I think we talked a little bit about spousal support in a prenup. Mm -hmm. And now in in the last episode, you talked about the difference in Louisiana. There's a, there's an interim spousal support and then there's final spousal support. Right. Yeah. And you said that you said that interim cannot be waived, but, uh, and you said that the uh, final spousal support usually doesn't get applied anyway, but could you in the prenup specify that when you guys part ways, you part ways without spousal support, can that be put into a prenup? You can do that for final. So interim, here's the thing about that, 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 that's what I, That's what I meant for final. Yeah. Yeah. You can waive final. Absolutely. That's what most people do. Uh, interim, okay. interim uh, you're looking at during the process of the divorce while you're separating, Louisiana just kind of recently changed the law, right? So you could get it 180 days or six months past the date of divorce, but that's like a worst case scenario, right? And then after that, boom, you're done, right? So you're off the hook. Yeah. Louisiana's pretty much, they're kind of doing away with that. For the most part, I've only seen it like long-term stuff happen. Like I had a couple that was married, uh, for like 30 plus years. Yeah. 30, 40 years. And it was like this, this, this old, old woman. Right. And she legitimately just relied on her husband. I think they had like a restaurant or something together. Mm-hmm. And so she's, th- that's the only th- skill she learned was like through his business. So, you know, like <clears throat> she got something a little bit more long-term than that, but it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. So, so you can, but you can specify that upfront in the prenup that when we part ways, no, no final support. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I said, um, it's important that like anybody watching this knows that like the, the, the prenup, it's not a, it's not a silver bullet, right? It's not a silver bullet for anything, but what it will do is it's kind of like you wearing a, uh, bulletproof vest. You can still take a, a hit, right? But the the, the damage you're going to take when you get hit yeah. is going to be a lot less than, let's say, if you weren't wearing that, that vest at all, right? So that's okay. the way I like to think of it. Got it. You still get some cracked ribs, but you won't die. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. 
Can you uh, can you put provisions in there for child custody and child support? Like, let's say you guys like they're young kids. They get married. They're they're 22. They haven't had any kids yet, but they know that they want them someday. Could you put provisions in there? Like, okay, let's say we have in the event that we have kids, uh, we we do we split them 50 50, and or or is that not able to? Put you in usually because- are going to kind of take care of that, like uh, post divorce anyway. Because, okay, so a lot of a lot of people don't know what I try to tell people, whether they go through me or they go through somebody else, right? When you're doing custody and you're doing divorce, attach them together, right? Because when you're following them with the court, you're going to get, if you follow them separately, it's two separate actions. You get a court fee here, right? And they ding you like here in Louisiana and in in East Baton Rouge Parish, because we don't have counties, we have parishes. Right. You're looking at like five, six hundred dollars for a filing fee. And five six hundred dollars here versus if you put them together, you're paying that just one five six hundred dollars, right? So mm-hmm. you save a good amount of money just by putting them together. But most of the time, you're going to kind of do that. You're just kind of you're kind of like uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that I wouldn't put that in there. Let's put because right, things change too, right? And, and by oh the, yeah, by, yeah. The, by the time you have kids, yeah, one person might be working, she might not be working because she's trying to take care of the kids. In which case. Um, is it really feasible for this guy to have 50 50 because he's working all the time? Like that was exactly, the, that, was exactly. One, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, my attorney brought up to me, like, cause my ex-wife wanted full custody. Um, and she, and I was like, but I actually, cause I work from home was more, I was able to uh-huh. watch the kids easier and stuff like that. Cause she would have had to get babysitters on her weeks and, and so he's like, we actually have a pretty good compelling case for 50-50 here. Whereas most, like a lot of times it, it does, it's not the case. He's like, if a dad's like an oil rig worker and he's gone like for three to six months out of, the, out of, out of time, like a 50-50 makes no sense in that case. Yeah. So Yeah. And you're going to like, it's, it's weird how that works too, because like you could, you'd see like, we have like uh, East Baton Rouge, you got four judges, right? And you have like one side of the hall and the other side of the hall. And it's kind of funny. You walk like 15 feet from judge A to judge B and they'll have a completely different view and they'll kind of steer away from something. Right. So one of the popular ones is they call it a, uh, I don't like it at all. And I see why this certain judge here where I'm at uh, doesn't like it. Right. It's called a two, two, three schedule. Right. So it's like, Mom will go two days, dad will go Tuesday, two days, and then you'll flip the three days, which is usually weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The problem that I find with that is it's incredibly confusing, right? So right. you can easily lose track, especially if the kid's out of school, you don't know what's going on. COVID hits and you have to stick an extra, you have to quarantine. It just becomes a mess, right? So my big one is if you're going to do 50-50, week on, week off. Yep. And then there's some, there's some, um, parishes, neighboring parishes, and some areas that don't like doing 50-50 custody. They like just having the designated domiciliary parent, which by the way, the domiciliary parent, everybody makes like, it's like they get in a big fight about that. The domiciliary parent is just kind of like the tiebreaker, right? Just think of it that way. You know, if there's a judgment call that has to be made and the other party isn't there, they can make it. It doesn't mean that, that like dad doesn't have a decision on where, you know, Johnny or Susie could go to school. It just means that if something happens, like once again, COVID, right? Last year, COVID, 
you know, uh, hey, uh, I got to pull I got to pull our kid out of school because there's been an exposure. Right. So I'm going to make that decision right then and there. Right. Other parents still gets to say whatever they have a say in taking the kid to the doctor. They can show up to the PTA meetings. They can do whatever they want. They just. Small little things, judgment calls. Right. So. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we talked about prenups. One thing that uh, I, I've heard people say in the comment section, and obviously is I, I take everything that people say in the comments, like with a grain of salt, because they're not attorneys. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, you have to get a post snap and you got to get, and then you have to have it updated regularly. Um, like if you really um, are anal about trying to protect your stuff, like, is that a thing is a post up a real thing yeah yeah it's a thing okay. it's a thing it works just like a, a, a prenup like same same thing it's a contract right so um you know you just you make the you make the requirements for for that type of contract in your state right so louisiana here once again gotta have the notary gotta have witnesses all that can be like boozing and drinking it up can't have somebody like be, beating you trying to get you to sign it mm-hmm. so it's a, it's the same thing <clears throat> Got it's it. the same okay. thing. If you want to get a little re- like anal retentive about it and you want to update it every few years, I mean, sure, I guess. Yeah. I Would think you if you have like that? a solid one, it doesn't really matter. Okay. But if, if you want that peace of mind and you want that like little security blanket over you to make yourself feel better, like go for it. Okay. Would, do, would it help, do you think? Or is it just, is it overkill? I think, I, I well, I think it depends on your situation, right? So let's say... Uh-huh. Let's it's going to depend on like how your stuff's to define at the beginning one, right? So it's going to depend on like the seed that you plant, right? So your uh the original one's going to be kind of like your seed and it's going to kind of sprout like a tree or whatever, right? So however your tree grows is going to depend on how you want to trim it, right? So maybe if it has a branch that goes off this way and you don't like that, you take a saw to it and you mm-hmm. you know cut it off. So it could just depend. So I, I like to have one that's pretty, uh, that kind of covers everything, you know, not specific dates. I, I like just certain things that are covered. And that that's just me. That's my approach. I find that that works best. Mm-hmm. Unless I know I have like another party that's going to be absolutely just like, that's going to try to outlawyer the other party. Yeah. Right. So like if I, if I have a party and we're doing like custody, going back to custody, I always go to custody because it's the easiest thing to explain those things with. Right. So yeah. if I have a, if I have one party and we say, you know, we're going to mutually agree to, you know, drop off the kid at mutually agreed upon location. Right. But the, I know the other party is going to try to lawyer you, lawyer you and then try to spin that for my client. What I'll do is I'll specifically say, no, we're going to meet at the school. No, we're going to meet at the gas station. No, we're going to meet at the police station. Okay. We're going to meet at 6, 6.15. And some people like that. Some people want stuff really, really specific. And if you have a good attorney, they're going to kind of cater or approach for you, right? So what works for one person over here isn't going to work over here, right? So everybody's a little bit different. You got to kind of, that's why I have like, I have interviews and I have consults with people. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit there and I'll kind of um, kind of see, okay, so what are, you know, what are you worried about? You know, what kind of things are you worried about with this? Well, I'm just worried about, you know, making sure she gets the kid to school on time. Okay. So, okay. So she's got, you know, accountability issues, right. Or, you know, I'm, I'm kind of worried about her um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, coming after me with, uh, you know, coming back and, you know, like increasing child support. Okay. I'd be like, yeah. okay, so we need a lot of time. Right. Because like, I think I explained this last time, one of the best ways to calculate to get a fairer number in child support is getting more time because the state's going to assume while well, that kid is in your custody and spending time, yeah, you're paying for them. So that's less of an obligation that's, that's owed. So that's one of the things that I'm, I did today. As I saved this guy probably close to three, $300 a month on child support. Oh, nice. Just, uh, yeah. Out of a paycheck just from uh, getting him more time. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So um, now besides prenups, um, is there anything else uh, a man can do to sort of protect like what he's built, like his business wise? Now I've heard things like about hiding assets and trusts. Um, Is that, have you dealt with that? It's, it's kind of funny you should say that because I'm, I'm dealing with that from the other end right now. Okay. Uh, I got a client right now who uh, they were married, right? For, All right. I mean, not terribly long, right? But uh, the husband's kind of doing that. Like he's trying to put, put, put this whole charade. Like he had, he did like day trading. He had money in that. He's got a separate account from this. He's got a separate account from that. Yeah. If you got like a thorough attorney, they're going to send out what they call like they're going to send out uh, discovery, which is like your interrogatories, your uh, requests for production. And I'm going to find out all that stuff. And if you lie about it, well, I mean, first of all, you're violating the law. Okay. Right. You're so, breaking the law, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my paper. So I'm going to get it, my paper. So if it's, I mean, if it's in a trust and a trust owns those assets though, I mean, are are you really lying about it? I mean, are you really breaking the law? Cause aren't trusts apart? Like, aren't they a legal entity? They are. I mean, you, you know, it depends how it's set up. Was it like a, was it like a trust you set up while you were married? Was it a trust that was set up? That was. Let's say it was a know, trust. Through inheritance. You get what I'm saying? You have different yeah. types of trust. So it, I, I, I guess I, it would I, just really have to depend. I would imagine if I was going into a marriage, uh, yeah. and I, and I put everything into a trust before the marriage. That's, that's yeah, you're a safe. All that's safe. Totally, totally safe. Mm-hmm. But if I'm built, like if I start a business and I, you know, I try to finagle it so that the business itself is owned by this trust, you know, so that like all the money made and stuff like that. And I, and I set this up after I'm, I'm married, like, is that, that, that is that is that protected or just is that- get, like I said, like your your community property stuff is going to take care of that. If you get just get a, a solid prenup at the beginning that just says, hey, I'm going to um, I'd like to keep everything separate. All right. You know, you're going to be a businessman. You know, you're going to make money one day. Right. OK. And, you know, you're going to form an LLC, a corporation, a partnership, whatever yeah. it is. And I'd like to keep that separate. Um. There's no need to do all that extra stuff. You're just kind of overcomplicating it, right? Like yeah, if it's separate, yeah. it's separate. You don't have to I got do it. all but, this extra stuff. But then there's but then there's people that are gonna be like, well, the judge is just gonna throw out the prenup. <laughs> it's like how often if does it that violates happen? like if there's certain provisions in there, like I said, that yeah. directly or just that grossly violate public policy, yes, they're going to throw it out. If okay. it lacks formality for whatever state you're in, yes, it could get thrown out. 
Okay. Right. And then there's also it, like, like I said, it works just like a contract. So like whatever, they're, they're, sometimes they won't even throw the whole thing out. They'll just throw out that portion out. Yeah. Right. And then the rest of it will flow. Okay. I, okay. That makes sense. Now there's also this perception that, and I, my wife had this perception going mm-hmm. into our divorce that uh, the court system uh, is biased towards women. Like they, favor women. And, uh, my wife was in for a rude awakening when like I, I was granted 50, yeah. 50 and, <laughs> I'm sure she was, you know, and, and it was like the, the, uh, I was lucky though. My, my, uh, the mediator for our, when we did our mediation was best friends with my attorney and he was a former judge. And so he would go and tell her, um, I mean, he did it fairly, but he would go and tell her, like, look, as a judge, yeah. this is how I would rule. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. turn the right direction, you know. So um, I don't know. Is that, like, do you see that? Do you think that there's a bias or do you think that judges are are, are pretty, uh, you know, they follow the, the letter of the law pretty well? Uh, there are. And then you got like, OK, you got like, I hate to say this because like I, I'm not. I don't want anybody who's listening to think that I'm bashing judges. I'm bashing the court system. Sure. Cause I'm really not. But the problem is, is things have moved at such a fast rate, right? We've progressed so much as a, you know, just generally as a species, as, as humans, that, that the law is grasping on how to keep up with that. Mm, okay. The, the law is grasping on how to keep up with that. Now, I think I think like initially there there have been some situations where women have think that they've won short term, but in the long term they really don't, mm-hmm. right? They get they might get like an initial sum of money, but in the long term, I don't really see that anymore. You okay. don't see that you don't see that a lot anymore. I mean, there are some judges that that like you call them like fathers' right judges or mothers' right rights judges, but they can't judicially do anything out of the ordinary. Like they can't say, Hey, I know the law says this, but because you're a guy, yeah, I'm going to do this. Or because you're a girl, I can do this. Right. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like, there was a big, there's a big, 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 big case with that in Louisiana is uh, Bergeron versus Bergeron. Bergeron versus Bergeron pretty much said uh, like with Costi, like once again, I, that's, that's where my heart is, is, yeah. Dealing with kids, right? If you can't tell, but um, <laughs> what that says is Custy isn't awarded based on like I'm mom, I'm dad, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. What it says is Custy is awarded on these 14 factors, and what are those? Those are like the say sustainability, right? Are you hopping from house to house? Are you hopping from job to job? Uh, what's your relationship like? What's the what's the kid like? What's the um, ability to care, ability to provide, ability to nurture? All those things, right? And some will get some on this side, some will get on this side, and then they have to weigh those against each other to find the most suitable outcome. They can't just say, "Oh, well, your mom, you get the kids," or "Your dad, you get the kids." That's kind of gone by the wayside now. Mm-hmm. Okay. One thing, one thing where I've sort of, uh, I don't know if I, if it's necessarily, uh, it was a biased judge or it was just the fact that I didn't have an attorney, 
probably because I didn't have an attorney, but uh, last year sometime, uh, my, my ex-wife went after me for more child support and we went, we went to court and um, I argued that, you know, according to the, the, the statute in Colorado, uh, if you're un- intentionally underemployed or intentionally unemployed, then the state is supposed to impute a, an income on you to base their calculations off of. Now, yeah. my, now my ex-wife, is she works part-time, but she does it by choice. And so the state wanted to go after me for like, uh, you know, almost a grand, whereas my child support up until that point was 140 bucks a month because of 50-50. And I was like, oh, 140 bucks, like nothing, but a thousand bucks, like, are you serious? So I I filed a motion to object saying, you know, according to the statute, she's, you know, you need to impute a higher income. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I'll tell you, I'll tell you how you get around that game. Because okay. I see that all the time, right? And it works the same way here, right? It's like if you don't have, if you don't have a wage, what they're going to do is they're going to calculate minimum wage, right? right? State minimum wage, right. and then versus your wage, right? So one of the things that I do is I'll, I'll say, you know, oh well, you know, if they're only working part time, they can't afford this, this, and this, and then I'll leverage custody. Yeah, and then I'll use the custody to flip that back around. That's right, you, and yeah, push the number down to, in, to lower it, right? In, so it's in, like yeah. it's like you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. You know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? So yeah, because in yeah, the, go uh, for it. Yeah, it, act like you don't want to work because I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it back around. Because in the the three percent man group, that's what you said. You said uh, you would have used uh, custody. You would have tried to go after more custody to try to leverage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of my, you know, one of my favorite things is I was talking about a while ago with custody was uh, with the, like the best interest of the child was like the, uh, the actual preference of the child. Yeah. Now people do this all the time. And there's a, there's a guy a really good, I, I like following him. I follow him on TikTok. Uh, major shout out to him. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but uh He's a, he's an, he's like a family law attorney out of Tennessee. And I love just his analogies, the ways he puts stuff to you. So if you're reading this, if this goes on TikTok. I know, I, I know who you're talking about. I think I know yeah, exactly who you're talking shout about. Shout out to you. Right. It's he kind of basically, he didn't say this, but he's kind of using the analogy with it, with the, uh, with the whole, like, uh, you know, making your, I, I kind of like using the analogy, making your kids eat broccoli, right? Sometimes you got to do stuff you don't want to do. So, you know, you have like Johnny or Susie, I don't want to go back with mom. I don't want to go back with dad. Well, you know, like, unless like dad's like beating you, dad doesn't have a bed for you to sleep in, not provided the basic necessities, you're going to go back and stay with dad. Now where the preference comes in when they hit a certain age, it's not like a here. It's not like a flat age. It's not like, Oh, you hit 16. Guess what? You get to pick. Yeah. Right. It's just heavily taken into consideration because they know at that age, you start having some uh, critical thinking skills. All right. So I can't bribe you with a piece of candy to get you to come stay over here. Right. So so keep that, keep that in consideration. Right. So even if they say, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Most of the time it's, it's the, it's the actual fighting between the parents. Right. So the way you want to do it is you want to make the kid think this is mom's house. This is dad's house. I'm going to stay at mom's house. I'm going to stay at dad's house now. Right. You don't want them to associate you two being divorced, you two being separated. 
Mom yeah. just stays over here. Dad stays over here. That's the way you want to do it. That's pretty much how I, I've done it with my kids. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you, you have to say this because people don't, they don't do this. I have to put in there all the time in the custody agreements uh, just for the parties to, to get along. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about the case in front of the kids. Don't disparage the other parents. Stuff that like you would do. Clearly you would do and most of the people would do, but I have to put it because yeah. oh, everyone, people don't do it. A lot of people talk like to talk shit about their you know ex in front yeah. of the kids. And I think that's a travesty. Yeah. That's an absolute travesty. It is. It is. So all right. Um so we talked a crap load about assets and protecting ourselves. It seems to me that uh, the only real way to fully protect yourself is not get married. <laughs> and then, and then, even then, even then, you like that separ- could screw you over too. You got to live in that separate houses too. Yeah, because in Colorado, if you're living with somebody after like seven years, it's common law, and they could still yeah. get shit. We don't have that. Okay, you don't, we don't have, have that. that. We recognize it from other states. Yeah. It's, a, it's a constitutional thing at that point, but we recognize it. But here's here's where that light comes into play, right? Okay. That comes into play a lot with paternity, right? So mm-hmm. I had a case because the parties were never officially married. They had kids together. They cohabitated. They lived together. They were kind of smart about things, right? Um, mom was giving birth to their second child. They never argued, never anything, but she died due to complications, during childbirth, right? God forbid. She she passed away. Because they were never married, they wouldn't let the there was an issue that arose. They wouldn't let dad go in the room to sign the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. So there became like an issue of like paternity, him trying to grab the kid and you know, head off. Both of the families were happy, right? So the grandma on the mom's side of the family just like went pick the kid up from the hospital, handed it to him. But I still, I'm still having to sort out the paperwork for it, right? Okay. So the kids considered legally his, right? You see that you'll see that a lot with paternity, which uh, that's another thing I, I kind of want to talk to y'all about. Like if you're, you know, especially being a three percent man, right? The, the whole concept, like I've seen a bunch of the guys talking about it, right? Like having your set of standards, right? Yeah. Don't like I'm telling you, do not, do not go just sleeping around with whoever like I get that lifestyle and you want to go out and you want to hook up with with like hot girls that's great but just be really really careful I had a guy who we sorted his stuff out right we got it sorted out he uh was getting with this girl not married and he ended up she ended up having a kid right he agreed to pay child support right and they worked out a child support thing it wasn't contemptuous. He was just trying to pay for child support. Yeah. A couple of years came by and there was some funny stuff. The kids started like looking a little bit different. He's like, this kid doesn't look like me. And then come to find out the kid wasn't even his kid. And he's been paying like two, three years worth of child support on this oh kid. My God. See, I think that's a, that's a most guy. Yeah. And it happens. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like if you, if you're like going out and hooking up with these girls, just like be, be careful about it, you know, be, be really, really careful. I know a lot of the guys in the group talk about that all the time about having a set of standards, but I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, even from like a legal standpoint, like have a freaking set of standards, like, you know, you. I think you talk about all the time. Like, I'm not using the first date as a uh, 
as like a hookup, right? It's an yeah. interview. Yeah. You want to do that. You want to have that litmus test for whatever girl you want. You don't want to get involved with like a train wreck. I, like happens all the time. Yeah. I've dated. I, got, I even had a case where it was like, uh, uh I got a case where I'm, uh, I've seen cases where like um, the person is married. Yeah. They go on a break and then she's gotten with like the spouse uh, or that, not the spouse, the, uh, Cool boy. Like the uh, sibling. Oh, of oh. The spouse. okay. And then oh, I have wow. a second kid. Yeah. And because there's a presumption of paternity, and if you're married, it's automatically presumed it's rebuttable, but you have to bring up that rebut and show yeah. it clear and convincing evidence. Or, yeah, clear and co- convincing evidence that kid's not yours. Most of the time, it's just a DNA test. Just go take a DNA test. Yeah. Can uh, can the, the mom refuse a DNA test? Most of the time, if they do, the court's just going to compel them to go take one. Okay. It's really, really important. If you think that the kid's not yours, that you go and you file some sort of action. Because here in Louisiana, I can't speak for all states, but here in Louisiana, if if you find out you have reason to believe that that kid is not yours, right, through whatever reason, right, and you don't act within a year, you're still on the hook. Because this, the state of Louisiana has pretty much said, hey, you've assumed care for the kid. Now, mm-hmm. that kid, the the interesting thing about that, if they find their actual biological parent, what's cool, this is like a side note, it's kind of a nerd thing. They could actually inherit money from their biological parent as well as their uh, legal parent. Mm, okay. So... Yeah, but paternity is like kind of a big issue. So just like the three percent guys out there, just like be, I'm telling you, be really, really careful with who so, you're hooking up with. Are you familiar with uh, Tom Likas? Do you know who Tom Likas is? He was a he's a radio or he was a radio personality out of Los Angeles, and he was like he's like an OG red red pill type guy. Um, yeah, and he used to always tell guys just get a vasectomy, get a vasectomy. Now, oh, yeah. Would, and and I, I, I got one, but I already have my kids. I don't think I would recommend that to, to guys who are young, you know, that are, you know, like Luke, no. for instance, who's on the podcast all the time in the 3% man group. He, he's a young guy. I wouldn't recommend that. Cause you know, someday you might want to have kids, but uh, definitely after you've had yeah. kids, get a vasectomy. And- and it's, it's, it's like, it's not worthy to know that like that none of this is a bad, bad thing. Right. Like, I mean, I got the, the, the guy I'm working with right now, the other attorney, he's about to get married. We've turned it like, we, you, I can't tell you how many divorces we turned out. We still get married. So there, there still is hope out there. So it, it's not like you, I don't want you to hear all the stuff that I'm saying yeah and think that there aren't good women out there. Right. They're good. There are good women. It's just, you got to kind of dig a little bit and you just got to keep, yeah. Swipe and left. You just keep keep swiping left, and you find find something that works for you. Don't don't like uh don't settle. Don't yeah. settle. Yeah, I agree with that. I see. I'm I'm not anti marriage. I'm not super pro marriage. You know, I sort of I sort of look at yeah. marriage like there's there's really not a lot of benefit in it for men anymore. You know. Um, but I'm, like if if that's what you want to do, like that's cool. That's one of the best things about Corey Wayne's book. Is if you want to be a player and just just date, you know, women and plate spin for the rest of your life, like you could do that. 
you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to find the girl of your dreams and settle down and get married someday, you can do that too. It, it, it runs the gambit. That's one of the best things about that book, I think. Um, oh, I agree. And, and look, I use, I use that. I'm telling you, I use the book yeah. more for my clients. I'm telling you. Right. So like, I'll, I'll do it all the time. I even use it for women. Right. So yeah. I have like, I had a woman who had a, uh, that I finished up her divorce and everything. And she's like that the, the dad's trying to bend the rules. He's trying to do this. He's trying to do that. Just like with dating, right? Like, Oh, we made plans and now we're going to change plans. And now we're going to do this. And then you just got to, what do you got to do? You got to pull the, the takeaway method, right? You got to like remove yeah. yourself from the situation. And that's why I tell her, I, I, I Corey Wayne, that other guy, I Corey Wayne, the other guy, I was like, I was like, yeah, you just say, Hey, I'm not deviating from this, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not discussing this, you know, call me when you, you know, when you want to communicate about whatever, but I'm not doing this. And you turn around and you walk away, you turn mm-hmm. around and walk away. So all those people in the comments are saying, Oh, well, am I supposed to do this? Or didn't do that. You don't know the, you don't know the material all well in the book because you can apply it to everything. You apply it to business, you apply it to romance, you apply it to uh, whatever it is you're doing. Agreed. Yeah. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm reading uh, Rolo Tomasi's third book right now. And, and I just finished his second book. He even says that he's like, look, you know, I'm teaching you guys the uh, inner gender dynamics, you know, sec- yeah. uh, what does he call it? Intersexual dynamics or something like that. He goes, but you can apply aspects of game, as he calls it, game, in every area of your life and be oh, a yeah. better person for it. Yeah, there's uh, there's a great book, I think, with that. It's called the, uh, it kind of uses some of the Corey Wayne stuff, but it's more so like, you know, general well-being. It's called the, the 48 Laws of Power. Oh, I've heard of it. I haven't, I think yeah, it's on my it's, list. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. You know, it's, you know, they talk about, you know, scarcity creates attraction and, you know, the best way to get ahead, you know, not beating your chest is, you know, just you being confident in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when you're that, when you're the apex predator in the jungle, you don't have to like beat your chest. Yeah. 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 Like a Lionel might, you know, he might roar or whatever, but you know, he's, he's also kind of sneaking through the grass, right? It's usually the smaller animals that, that like, kind of like that have those problems. Like look, look at dogs, look at dogs, which ones are the meanest? It's usually small dogs. It's not like the big giant great Danes. It's usually like small, like chihuahuas, right? Yeah. Definitely chihuahuas. All right. Yeah. So I have I have two more questions and then we'll sure, wrap yeah, up here. absolutely. So one of my TikTok followers wanted me to ask you, how do you enforce a mediation agreement? Because apparently her ex hasn't returned some of her items that he was supposed to give back. Like, how do you enforce that? Do you have to take them back to court or what? You 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 can. Most of the time, what you want to do is just do it by head of court, right? So if you're planning that you're going to have a divorce, what you want to do is you can put certain provisions in there saying like, I'm dealing with right now. I'm doing one right now with uh, a guy who has these guns, right? These guns that are really sentimental to him. He really likes his guns. And um, wife is keeping them kind of locked up. She changed the lock on the, the storage bin and she's not letting him have access to his guns. Right. So do I really need to, do you really need to take it to mediation for that? No, probably not. Just put an order in there. And they're usually there's special well, orders you can put in there. To, well, I, think, I, I, I was going to say, I think what she's saying though, is that she already has a mediation agreement. Like they agreed on this and he's just not following through. 
I mean, it would, it would probably, it might help to facilitate something with the court. Mm. I, I would say probably, yeah, maybe facilitate something with the court. That's probably what I would do. Mm, okay. So you just, what, file a motion and, and they, they have a probably. cop come, have a sheriff or yeah. something come and... Yeah, I, I mean, and then usually if they have an agreement, uh, I usually read, I usually put it on the record, right? So you'll see it verbally in front of the judge and, you know, the, the clerk's taking notes and everything. Yeah. And so it becomes like an order of the court, right? And then you'll they'll fill out a form and then the judge will sign it and then you each get a copy. And then at that point, you take that thing that you mediated on and you have an order that's that's legally binding. And then so if they don't comply, like, for example, if she's having an issue, yeah, then that would be a contempt of court. Right. That, that, that would be a contempt of court. You follow a motion for a contempt, you know, for contempt of court. Yeah. And then the depending on the judge and the severity, it could change most. Some of the time it's just a, a slap on the wrist. If it's an actual coveted item, they'll be like, hey, you need to give this back by this time. Mm. Okay. Most of the time they just hear the judge's voice and they, you know, the judge with the, the black robe seeing them, well, you know, that that's enough, right? They're like, oh crap. Like I'm, you know, that's when it hits and reality hits. So that's what I would tell her. Probably file something. Yeah. File something with the court. Where she's at. It might, it might be called something different. That's why I don't want to give her like the exact name of sure, it. Sure, sure. And this isn't legal advice anyway. Right, right, uh, right. Okay. Then the last thing, now this is kind of an, an odd thing, and I, I thought it was such a a weird thing to bring up, but I was like, whatever, I'll ask. So a fellow content creator, uh, you may or may not know him. Uh, do you know Chuck Daddy? Have you heard of Chuck Daddy? Why does that sound so familiar? He's uh, He does these like videos where yeah, he does, he's like a real estate mogul out of New Jersey. And okay. he does these videos where he's married, but it, he's he's got all these side chicks, you know, and <laughs> And he's very red pilled and stuff like that. Anyway, he and I, like we, we've uh, connected and we, you know, we chat every once in a while. And so he said, he goes, so he wants your opinion. And if you think divorce law is more crooked than criminal law. Um, you know, you know, you've, it's funny. You should say that. Um, no. And then then there's this, no, cause no, no. Cause me, it's like, um, it's, it's, a lot more black and white than you think. I mean, there's some stuff that's just going to kind of be like, e, right? Yeah. Cussing is going to be e, but like division of assets, right? It's just going to be splitting stuff up in the middle. Whereas criminal is there, you know, you have gradient shades of different stuff, right? So you'll have like, I don't know, maybe somebody did kill somebody for something, but maybe they got second degree murder. Yeah. Versus them, they should have gotten like maybe negligent homicide or manslaughter. Right. And that makes a huge difference. Right. Because, you know, like one of them, it's life in prison without parole. Other one, it's like a. It's just an amount of time. Right. Like uh, my, my dad, for example, my dad had a friend growing up. Right. And this is kind of a this is kind of a funny family. It's not funny, but I have like a messed up sense of humor. So, um he had a friend that basically walked in and saw his wife with another man. They were in the middle of an act. Okay. And he just calmly walked out of the room, grabbed a shotgun, walked back in the room and just like, boom, boom, killed both of them. Mm-hmm. Crime of passion. And then just put the gun down yeah. and just picked up the phone. He was like, hey, I just killed my wife and uh, and her lover, right? 
ended up pleading guilty to like uh, to, to manslaughter, which that's what it was. And he was very cooperative and everything. And they worked with him. So, yeah, but I would he, I would say family law is less crooked. Okay. I mean, it seems like it, it seems like it's not. But I mean, I mean, the law is the law, right? It just a lot of people don't like it because it's very emotional. Sure. Because you're dealing with relationships, you're dealing with children, you're dealing with like, I invested this much time in you and I feel like you, I didn't get this. Yeah. Whereas criminal law is, yeah, maybe you did something wrong. Maybe you stole something, but maybe you stole something because you're hungry and you're trying to feed your kids. Or maybe you, um, yeah, you shouldn't have hit that guy in the bar, but maybe you were trying to defend yourself. Maybe something like that coming into play. And then there's variations of that, right? There's certain defenses that you can present yourself. So I think what I do, if you want to say less crooked, I would say you just, you kind of have an idea. I think there's way less of an elk or there's, there's uh it's way more predictable over here. Got it. Okay. Now, he, he proposed this scenario. So have you ever heard of a scenario like this? Opposing counsel meets in the judge's chambers. Um, and then the two, you know, the two attorneys say, look, uh, we know that the wife has this many assets and this much net worth. And the husband has this many assets and this much net worth. How can we partner up here to get as much as possible and give a kickback to the judge? Is that that? Yeah, that's uh, you, that you get, okay. You have what they call the the MPRE when you when you want to become a lawyer and you're in the middle of law school, you take ethics, right? Yeah. Or a professional responsibility, and on that you have a what they call the MPRE. So it's a separate portion of the bar. Each state is different. It's a universal test. Yeah. But each state is different. Like in Louisiana, I got a score in eighty. Right. Some states you got to score like California, you got to score like I think like a 90 or 100. It's insanely high. OK. Um, but that's one of the questions they always ask if it's. If it's like a uh, one of those scenarios, you're 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 violating the rules of professional conduct. Yeah. Do you, you think you have to as an attorney, you have to report that like I don't like snitching. I really, really don't. Like, I don't like having to go to other lawyers because that's the thing I want to do is throw somebody under the bus. You think I would yeah. because I'm an attorney, but I don't like doing stuff like that. Yeah. So another really so so if another attorney says that, hey, Matt, we can get a lot of money out of these guys. And if we can get the judge in, we can give him a kickback like you are morally and ethically. Yeah, I can't do that. that. I can't okay. do that. I'll get in a, an insane amount of trouble. Look, I've had uh, cases. Where I could have gotten, but like somebody was just going to come in and they were going to drop like five grand, right? And um, they were like, yeah, give me the paperwork. I'm ready to do this. Like, let's get this done. Like, I'll give you as much money as you want, as much money as you need. And I couldn't take the case because the one case, one case where his his wife or soon to be ex-wife happened to talk to me before he did, right? So I already technically consulted with her. Yeah. So I would have sufficient knowledge about their relationships. I couldn't have represented him. Gotcha. And you, you see to, that stuff happen all the time. And it's so, so freaking irritating. Yeah. Okay. But do, do you think that happens though? Do you think that there's some oh, yeah. attorneys out there? Oh yeah, absolutely. It happens. It's, 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 it's jaw dropping. They got attorneys here. I think 
that like, and I, I hate saying this. I really do. Cause there's like, most attorneys are really, I mean, some of them are like really, really good people, but you have like the bad apples, right? You have sure. those bad apples. There's one here. We're not going to say this person's name. Yeah. We're not throwing anybody under the bus. Yeah, here. They'll, they'll, supposedly what they'll do is they'll drag stuff out at court to rack up the bill, which is kind of shady, but they yeah. could kind of justify it. But how they'll do it is they'll flat fee everything. So first court appearance, I'm going to charge you $2,000, give you $2,000. Oh, well, guess what? We couldn't take care of it. So I'm going to have to get another $2,000 for the next court appearance and the next one. And then so something that was taken like that I could do in probably like $2,500, they're paying like 10 grand to do, right? So it becomes like and they just, they, they don't, the, I've had people lie. I've had attorneys flat out lie. I, I went to, to Lafayette, which is an hour west of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a case there where it was like, we, we had an agreement and we went back there, we, we did everything. And then they started, because they were the ones that were talking to the judge, they started sneaking certain things in there saying, oh, well, we agreed to this. We agreed to that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. we didn't agree to this thing over here. I yeah. agreed to this, but I didn't agree to this. So the, most of the time you see people doing unethical stuff, that's how they do it. They'll kind of sneak stuff in. Mm, got it. Okay. And it's usually not like a flat out, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna keep money in the icebox over here. It's not like anything. It's not like a mob movie. It's not like, a, what is that, Better Call Saul? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I watched that movie and I'm just like, I, I love it because I like the personality. I think he did a good job in that area because there's some aspects to it that he just like just nailed. Mm-hmm. Right. But just speaking like the ethic violations, I'm just like, yeah, they just make me cringe. They just make me cringe that I can't I can't watch. Um, I can't watch legal dramas like suits. I wouldn't fly. Like mm-hmm. a guy pretending to be an attorney, you have to write your license number at the bottom. It goes at the bottom of your petitions, right? So anytime you sign your name, you're going to have your license or your borrow number right there. So none of that crap would have flown. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really easy to look up. It's not like he could have like just, and they had a kid. Oh, you want, you want to hear about a case? They had a, they had a law student here yeah. a couple of years ago. Um out in New Orleans and she was a law student and she was going out and pretending that she was a, uh, that she was a criminal defense attorney and she was going out and signed petitions using somebody else's borrow number. And then that person got called and they're like, uh, so why did you agree to blah, blah, blah. And they said, I was, I was never there. Yeah. They were, I don't even think they were in the state. They showed it and they're like, okay, well, who is this? And then they traced it back to the other girl. And then she ended up getting in a lot of trouble for yeah. practicing law without a license. And she was like a year, she was like a second year student. She was doing what they call a, uh, uh, God, I'm, I'm having one of those brain farts right now, but, um, your second, your second, third year of law school, you have the ability to basically, uh, go in and you can practice law in a limited capacity. You have to practice underneath another person's license. Yeah. And she, this person was clearly not doing that. They were doing it on their own and they were taking fees. They were making money off of it. Oh, wow. This is more of a like nonprofit thing. It would be like, um, like, uh, like the school I graduated from, right? They'll, they'll take small little divorce cases for people that are poor, or they'll take uh, small little cases of like, 
you know, petty theft, DUIs, uh, housing issues, tra small little trademark issues. It gives the students a chance to kind of learn the law, learn how to, to, to practice. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, people are getting something out of it. The community is getting something out of it. So, yeah, clinics. That's what they're – clinics. I don't know why I'm like – Legal clinic. Okay. Yeah, a clinic. Yeah, just about every school's got a version from of them. Some of them do different things. Mm -hmm. um, every school's got like a different one. They got like some of them are really good in this area and some of them are really good in this area. Like our neighboring school here in Baton Rouge, they're really good with like they have like a uh, mineral rights, right? So oil and gas is big here in Louisiana. So, you know, maybe former, former John or former Ted wants – to see, they know that they have oil on their land or they have something that's could be mined, right? So they'll go to like the clinic and they'll have someone that eventually wants to work in oil and gas as an attorney, you know, and they'll, they'll help draft it up, right? So you see a lot of that. So our school is known for trial stuff. So we, we did a lot of trial stuff, everything from family law to, to criminal law. Mm -hmm. I mean, shoot, like, I mean, shout out to my chancellor and everything. It'd be like, I would talk to him and, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, uh, we're having an issue with this. And he'd like look up and he'd think he'd be like, we don't have a clinic for that. And I'm like, no. And he's like, we should do that. Okay, I'm going to go get on the phone and find some money for that. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> we get money. So it was just funny how you just like pull money out of his hat. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Well, Matt, uh, it's been well over an hour now, I think. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> to keep really, you. Let me to keep no, you. No, this is really good. Uh, have yeah. you this lots of good information here. Do you want to you want to plug your practice or? Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're, we're here uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the Louisiana Family Law Firm. Uh, divorce, custody, child support. Uh, I got approved now. If you see on those me right back here, I got approved with the Veteran Court of Appeals. If you're having veterans issues mm. with disability and compensation, I do that. We do that. Um, so yeah, give us a call number 225-314-1180. And uh just look us up. We're on the first page of Google in Baton Rouge. So uh yeah. Cool, Matt. All, All right. right. Thanks All for right. coming on. All right, have a good one. All right, you too. Matt, as always, thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, I love when you come on. I love having our conversations. It's good stuff. I like picking your brain about this legal stuff like that because it's it's such a sticky subject. You know, the whole idea of divorce. Um, so many guys have just completely given up on divorce altogether, or given up on marriage rather altogether, which sort of makes sense these days. I mean, as we talked about in the show, you know, you can, if you get married, there's risk there. There's absolute risk there, especially for men. And there's really not much you can do to protect everything. Nothing's ironclad. Like, I mean, it's like, like, like we talked about, it's like a bulletproof vest, right? You're, you might get some cracked ribs. You might get some shrapnel in the arm, but you're not going to die, but you, you're not going to come out unscathed either. So some food for thought, guys. Some food for thought. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you have any questions for Matt or I on this subject, you know, hit us up in the comments. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. 
If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.